0: Awesome! Thanks so much for joining today.
1: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So good. Well, let before we jump in, why don't I just give the audience a little overview of your background and who you are, and uh, we'll start there. That sounds great. Okay, great. So, uh, Nicola Singa is a registered dietitian with the College of Dietitians of Ontario, and holds a and a master's degree in human nutrition from the University of Guelph. Uh, she's located in the greater Toronto area in the Durham region and she brings a fresh and evidence-based perspective while holding while working towards practical nutrition solutions. So Nicole is, re- is regularly featured on Global News, The Morning Show, The Huffington Post and more. And uh, now Nicole has designed, in collaboration with me, uh, the new meal plans for the Plant-Based bent community. So uh, welcome, Nicole.
1: Yes, thank you. That was great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for um, working with me. First of all, you've been wonderful and, and really going the extra mile and uh, my clients are loving the plans. So I'm really grateful for uh, your partnership and, and, and help. It's, it's truly been a, a great addition to, to my services.
1: Awesome. No, I'm definitely happy to help. And I'm always um, looking to, you know, put together new recipes and anything I can do to help your clients. I'm willing to do.
0: Well, I greatly appreciate that. So, yeah, did you want to tell us a little bit like more about yourself and what led you down the path to become a uh, not only a dietitian, but a plant based dietitian?
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, I am located in Canada. I'm not sure where all of your your clients or Your you know the people in your community are located. Um, I'm imagining all over the place. That's true. Yes, exactly. So um, yeah, I'm from sort of uh, close to the Toronto area. So um, I am a registered dietitian, and um, I have a private practice similar to you, Ben, um, where I do one-on-one counseling with my clients. And um, I guess just sort of in terms of plant-based, um, that transition happened. I want to say probably eight to 10 years ago when I was actually in school. Um, and it was sort of a, uh, yeah, so I grew up eating meat, you know, along with um, my family, but um, mm-hmm. sort of something that I was sort of dabbling with as I learned how to, you know, cook, you know, different things. And it was just sort of something that really seemed to resonate with me. I never really liked the taste of um, a lot of animal products growing up. And um, again, just sort of, happening while I was getting my education um, around nutrition and seeing all of the benefits that plant-based nutrition can bring. It just, it's something that I transitioned uh, that time ago and then I've just stuck with ever since.
0: Wow. So, you know, was it the taste or what were some of the motivators behind the, the decision?
1: Yeah, so definitely definitely, the taste was a big factor. Um, and I also mentioned I was in school, so cost was also a factor mm-hmm. as well. And sometimes that can be a little bit of a misconception about yeah. plant-based eating that it's more expensive, but, it, but I really found it wasn't, you know, I mean, a can of beans is a dollar, you know, tofu is what, one to two dollars. And, you know, it, it really doesn't have to be that expensive. But um, yeah, that was that. Um, and then again, just sort of... Um, I think just, it was exciting to me to open myself up to a whole new world of things that I've never really dabbled with before. Mm. And uh, yeah, and then obviously all the nutrition benefits. So, I mean, all of those factors really.
0: So, you know, I hear about, we all hear, and, and it might be great for the audience to clarify what is a registered dietitian versus a nutritionist or maybe some other titles that we might be hearing out there.
1: Yeah, so and it is confusing. I agree. And myself, you know, I actually prefer the, the title nutritionist, but it just sounds a little bit nicer. But um, um, so where I'm from in Ontario, Canada, um, so technically anyone can call themselves nutrition nutritionist. It's not a protected title versus a registered dietitian. We have our sort of regulatory colleges involved, just like doctors, nurses, pharmacists, um, registered dietitians, or sort of that regulated health professional. Um, And with that just comes with, you know, the standardization education, um, certain practicum, um, and you always sort of ensure you, um, you know, you know what you're getting when you're getting a registered dietitian. And I know that might differ. Um, It differs in different provinces in Canada. um, But it also probably, I think it differs in the States. So Mm -hmm. it, it is confusing, but I think just moral of the story, just look into sort of that, that health professional and, and to see what credentials they have and if they're part of a regulatory body, because there's definitely a lot of people sort of um, giving advice and, and you, you want to ensure that you know what you're getting.
0: You know, I, you, you mentioned something interesting on, on your website when I was reading it. Um, it really it kind of resonated with me because sometimes when we think of somebody like yourself with with the education background and experience that you have, it's always interesting to hear about your journey a, a little bit and, and um, some of your you have a habits or challenges and things like that. And, and you mentioned on your website and said my issue wasn't that I didn't know what was healthy to eat. It, it was that I wasn't always paying attention to the reasons that were leading me to, to eat when I wasn't actually hungry. Um, so I found that really interesting. So you wanna, could you elaborate a little bit on that?
1: Yes, definitely. And I find this with, um, with a lot of my clients too, it's, um, well, obviously one there, there's sometimes there is confusing information out there on the internet, but um, I think a lot of us in general know what is healthy, you know, approximately. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I find that a lot of us, um, seem to have a challenge with sort of mindful eating and I know myself, I definitely did as well. And, and mindful eating is just basically, I know that you talk about mindfulness, Ben and, and, Mm -hmm. and, um, things along those lines, but I just, I found myself that, you know, I wasn't often in the present moment and it's something that mm. I still, you know, struggle with and um you know it and especially you know when I was talking about my transition to plant based eating, you know, I was in the middle of a of two degrees and I mm. was always sort of go 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 and you know I I found myself stress eating. I found there was some emotional eating. I found you know, I wasn't necessarily eating for you know according to what I call like my stomach hunger. You know, I was eating for mm. what I call heart hunger, so eating for your emotions or mouth hunger because I just wanted to taste something in my mouth. I wasn't really, I didn't take the time to fully understand why I was making the choices that I was making and why I was eating, why I was when I was eating.
0: And, and so you mentioned then that that uh, you became uh, you used the term normalized eater. So and, mm-hmm. you know what what were some of the things that you did to uh, counterbalance that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I have a lot of strategies that I, I work with my clients on. It's, um, it's actually from a, a program, a program called craving change. And this craving change program was put together by a, um, a psychologist and a dietitian. And it's just, um, you know, it's filled with strategies just to sort of, you know, help get you into the, the present moment and to figure out, you know, why is it you're eating when you're eating you know what type of hunger you're um, you're feeling so one of my um i mean a lot of things including mindfulness it is definitely a big thing but um, one of my favorite strategies is, you know, when I feel like, you know, um, you know, the urge to eat is what I say, you know, put the craving on hold. So just, you know, just to kind of take 15 minutes, you know, try to figure out, you know, am I actually hungry? What type of hunger am I experiencing? Um, and just kind of get in tune to my body, because oftentimes we're in a, we live in a society where it's, again, sort of instantaneous. It's go, go, go. I just think taking a little bit of time and trying to understand, you know, why am I eating what the reasons are for eating
0: interesting it's just you know and and in regards to that we're um you know some of those triggers are there certain triggers that are common that people have that uh you, you see amongst your clients that uh trigger them to eat when they're not hungry and any suggestions
1: regarding that? Yeah, so I, I, I sort of um, I try to break triggers down into, you know, um, either it could be situational triggers, so it could be mm. you know around certain um, certain people or in certain places. You know, oftentimes it's sort of maybe at the end of the day we're in our living room, TV's on, etc. Definitely a big trigger. Maybe <laughs> we're around our partners or our kids or our friends or whoever it is, um, but also definitely a lot of emotional triggers. You know, so stress is a big one. Like I mentioned. Um, yeah. Or even, you know, feeling upset or, you know, it could be good emotions as well. So really, um, you know, it depends on the, the certain trigger. And I've suggested, you know, trying to once we identify what the triggers are, let's try to remove those triggers. So if we find it's sort of um, when we're doing something like watching TV, you know, or could we even change to another room and watch TV, let's say, upstairs or downstairs instead of, oftentimes our living rooms are really close to the kitchen. So sometimes it's almost calling your name. So just, you know, every, um, there's, there's a solution to every trigger, but we have to sort of really identify what that trigger is first.
0: And there, and, and as you were saying about being mindful, being, having that awareness and that's the starting point then is becoming aware what are these triggers are and mm-hmm. then, and then approaching those, uh, uh, accordingly. So that, that's great in really glad you share I know people are going to benefit. It's a great starting point to, uh, for many people. And, mm-hmm. you know, you you mentioned in, in one of the things I, I find, uh, I'm seeing much more often these days, and people, uh, I, and I love the term, evidence-based nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people just say plant-based or uh, vegan, or, you know, or just uh, evidence is such a general term. So mm-hmm. you mentioned that, what does that, uh, mean to you evidence based nutrition?
1: Yes. Yes. And I'm glad you asked that. Um, You know, and I I really, you know, with my recommendations that I give to clients and I give to my audience, you know, it's, I want to make sure what I'm recommending, you know, there's going to be, you know, there's evidence behind simple as that, you know, like, for example, if I recommend a supplement, you know, is that supplement going to be effective, which can be challenging nowadays. Mm And, you know, a world where supplements are, you know, sort of, it's they're largely unregulated. Um, But, or even if I'm recommending a certain vitamin or a certain mineral um, to supplement with, um, you know, There, there has to be a reason why, and there has to be sufficient evidence behind, you know, why I'm going to be recommending something. So I'm often doing um, some PubMed searches. I'm looking at some journal articles and just to see, you know, will this actually have an effect, um, you know, with my client, um, this recommendation. So,
0: that's great. You know, one of the things I did want to ask you, and it's probably a good segue, is talking about supplements, Mm -hmm. especially when people are on a plant-based diet. There's a lot of discussion about B12 or some of the others. Could you just kind of briefly talk about any key supplements that people should be concerned about when going plant-based?
1: Yeah, definitely. And and I'm very much of the philosophy, uh, food first, like I mentioned for the reason that, well, for one, the supplement industry is largely unregulated. Supplements don't have to be proven safe or effective um, before they're placed on store shelves. And, you know, sometimes you don't even know what's fully in supplements, but that being said, you know, there are some higher quality supplement brands out there, but again, food first, you're gonna get the most benefit from food anyways. Um, But commonly when I work with my plant-based clients, um, some supplements I do recommend um, so depending on the person, if, if I'm working with a female um, who is of childbearing age, um, I might recommend an iron supplement. But iron is something that I do like to see blood work first before I recommend that, um, because too much iron can potentially cause issues. Um, but you know, if I'm working, like I said, with that um, that person who is a female of childbearing age, and um, the likely chances that she might need an iron supplement. Um, I do, um, B12 we talk about as well, but I mean, I find with B12, it's a little bit easier to get versus iron, um, in a plant-based diet. I mean, you take some nutritional yeast or maybe some fortified plant-based milks, um, and you can actually pretty much meet your B12 need through those two things. Um, omega-3s, um, are, is something that I recommend as well. And then mm-hmm. vitamin D is something that plant-based or not, everyone should be taking a vitamin D, especially in the Northern Canadian climate. Um, and it's just something that's hard to get through food essentially. Um, but those are the most common supplements I do recommend.
0: Gotcha. You know, and I think one of the things I hear often is that, uh, that a plant-based diet may not be nutritionally adequate for people, um, at different stages of life, or maybe just in general, that it might be missing certain nutrients that um, animal products are going to provide for us. Um, could you speak to that a little bit?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, and it depends on the person too. I mean, we we actually can meet you know pretty much the majority of all of our nutrient needs through through a plant based diet. Really, it's just you know I would say de- the essential ones we do need to supplement with is vitamin D. Um, because there's just simply not enough vitamin D through our food sources. And again, especially if you're in this climate. Um, but I mean, other than that, we can get a lot of those nutrients. Um, we might need a little bit of extra help through those supplements that I recommended. But, um, you know, I, I, would, I would say that I'd be fairly confident that someone could follow a well-planned, you know, nutritious vegan diet at really any stage of their life and be, you know, be thriving, essentially.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I know that the Academy of Nutrition and, and Dietetics uh, mentioned that, you know, vegan diets are appropriate for all ages, including pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really, uh, you know, hearing that gave uh, being one of the largest bodies of uh, uh, on nutrition. That was um, really um, great to hear that, that confirmation as well, uh, verifying what you're saying. So mm-hmm. that's great. Uh, you know. You hear a lot about carbs and a lot of people get scared off a little bit on the idea of going plant based with, well, there's so many carbs that uh, uh, I'm going to be consuming and not as much protein. So they worry about will a high carb plant based diet cause weight gain?
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of carbs are one of those things where it's sort of, you know, in, in current times, you know, that's the bad guy, you know, it used to be used to be fat. Um, but you know, everyone's sort of very fearful of carbs. And, and I mean, you know, it, it depends where that carb is coming from, you know, of course, if we're having a lot of really processed, you know, refined foods that are high in carbohydrates, yeah, we're going to gain weight. But I mean, if we're having a, you know, a whole food, plant-based diet, I mean, those carbs are going to be high in fiber and they're going to keep us full and, you know, they're going to give us some great energy. So, um, you know, I wouldn't say not necessarily, you know, the percentage of carbohydrates in someone's diet, you know, it's, that can really be different you know, if someone's having 60% carbohydrates of a whole food plant-based um, versus someone who's having 60% of their carbohydrates from, you know, a standard American diet, I mean, it, it's going to be different. So, um, yeah, I would say it's definitely a myth. It's it's definitely not true um, for everyone.
0: Great. And, and you mentioned uh, when I saw one of your, your interviews on, on, uh, your, on TV, uh, you were featured, um, when you were featured on a television show, there was, you discussed five steps, to make your healthy eating goals stick. Um, And I think this is a great time of the year as well for people to be sticking to their goals. Did you wanna elaborate uh, on maybe some of those, those steps?
1: yeah so for that one um so I mean I can just talk in general you know what I try to sort of um echo to my clients about you know how do I make these goals stick especially like you said like during the holidays it can be challenging um but I think it's just really it's around setting appropriate goals you know it's when I work with clients I really try to encourage them to set small incremental achievable a little bit challenging but um set those goals that are you know a little bit above your comfort zone but are still achievable with the resources that you have and the time that you have, you know, for example, I talk a lot about meal prepping, uh, with my clients and, um, to someone who is new to meal prepping, it's going to be daunting to, you know, let's Mm -hmm. say meal prep everything. So let's maybe even, um, let's, let's pick, let's say what meal do you struggle with the most? Um, let's say I have someone who's often running at the door without anything to eat in the morning, they're missing the breakfast. So, you know, why don't we make a goal to prep, you know, three breakfast meals for a week you know so it, it's it's something that's a little bit outside their comfort zone but you know it's still not you know it's not like a complete 180 so really making those small achievable goals and making them timely you know with my clients i try to space, the appointments, um, you know, every one to three weeks. And so they have someone to report back to and talk about those challenges, um, with me and and why they maybe weren't fully successful in achieving their goals. And then let's, um, you know, let's not be afraid to sort of, um, readjust, you know, was this goal appropriate, you know, and, or if we achieved it, great, what's next? Like, how can we build on this? So, um, and I, I, yeah, it is definitely key as well, just to sort of, um, to, to work with a a professional that can really help you, such as you, Ben, I'm sure you're great with uh, working with your clients. And, and setting appropriate goals and, and really helping them troubleshoot and why things weren't achievable. So those are a couple of, um, couple of tips that I can give about, um, set, setting those goals.
0: That's great. That, that's really helpful. And you know, one, one area too, is people going plant-based sometimes just the concept of I, I want to change my diet. I, 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 am hearing all the benefits. Um, I just don't have any idea where to start. And, mm-hmm. and you, and I think you mentioned a lot of Good points that you just mentioned um, apply to this question, but any more specifically to going plant-based, and maybe just a—it's—it's it's day one. I—I I, want to start going uh, mm-hmm. plant-based tomorrow. What's the first thing I do?
1: yeah you start slow really you know that's what I did um as you heard probably my transition took about I don't know six months to a year it wasn't Mm. wasn't cold turkey um and like I said I grew up eating meat that was certainly in my comfort zone um you know to have like the meat potatoes and veggies so um knowing that you know a plant-based diet would have been outside of my comfort zone zone outside of the norm um you know I really did start slow I started with um you know, I don't always recommend this, but it, it could be sort of a good sort of gateway opportunity to plant based. But, you know, I started with using some of the the vegetarian meat substitutes like the um, the fake ground beef, like the ground round or, you know, incorporating some of that in my pasta sauce. I would have maybe wanted to exper- experiment with lentils maybe a little bit sooner in my pasta sauce. Um, but um, sometimes they can be a little bit of a good sort of gateway to kind of echo the point that, hey, I can still have a delicious, satisfying meal without having animal products without having that meat. So, um, yeah, it starts slow, um, and then really, I just try to, you know, I, I compiled resources during my time looking at blogs, etc. Um, and I think really, just you know, I think we always have to, you know, remind ourselves what's the reason why I'm doing this. You know, it's and I and I mentioned my reasons earlier. You know, and mm-hmm. to re- remind yourself of those reasons often, because sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes it's going to be, you know, you're going to go to a restaurant and then you're kind of not going to feel like you have much choice, or you maybe you know you're going to run into challenges in one way or another, but I think to remind yourself often of why I'm doing this and to have those reasons handy. Um, Mm. and the, and that'll make things a lot easier for you.
0: That's, that's great insight. Yes. And that purpose uh, could be so motivating just to Mm -hmm. continue to focus back on your goals. So that that's fantastic. Well, well, I tell you, I, um, I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to connect with you and, um, make this uh start to build this relationship and I'm looking forward to uh as we as we kind of build our practices and and expand uh, over over uh, the next few months and years uh mm-hmm. it, I'm, I'm excited to see what um you know how, how you evolve and your practice grows and and all, all the things that you're doing.
1: Yes, you as well. And I know that you're you're helping a lot of people, Ben, and it's it's great that we're both spreading this message about plant-based eating. And um, you know, I'm, I'm glad to to be able to to help the people that you're working with. Um, and just sometimes we just need that knowledge translation piece. That you know, it's like, yes, I'm I know sort of it's it's great to do this, but how do I actually put that into practice? So um, so hopefully the meal plans help with that. Um, but I know that you're doing great work.
0: Well, thank you. Back at you. I know you're doing the same and. Uh... Honestly, I'm just so grateful that you're on today. Uh, I know my clients are going to get a huge benefit from this and uh, as well as everyone else that's uh, listening to it. So uh, last question I have for you is, uh, you know, where can people reach you?
1: Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. So I am at Nicole Osinga. So that's N O N I C O L E O S I N G A Osinga, O-S-I-N-G-A underscore R-D.
0: And that's where I found you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and and continue to follow you. So yeah, definitely check out Nicole's Instagram site. It, it's 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 top quality. And um, well, again, thank you so much for for joining. And um, have a great rest of your evening.
1: All right. Thanks, Ben. Okay. You take care. We'll talk soon.
0: Sounds great, Nicole. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.